Good morning. How's everyone doing? Good? Thank you, Juanpe. Okay. Everyone's happy to be in the house of God? How many of you guys know that the house of God is a place of change? It's a place of growth. It's a place that we can be, become the people that God called us to be. And that's why we're here and that's why we gather every week because we want to continue to learn and receive what God has for us. So why don't you look to the person next to you and you tell them, get ready. Get ready to learn. Now, how many of you guys bought your Bibles this morning? I mean, your real Bibles. The heavy, you know, with pages that you can turn them. Show me your Bibles if you brought them this morning. Go like that. Woo! Okay, I encourage that if you can bring your Bibles, you do it. Sometimes it's easy to get distracted. Um, I, don't, I, I know it doesn't happen to you guys, but just in case, you know, sometimes that happens. And if you have your Bibles, I would like you to open them in Numbers. The book of Numbers. Chapter 13. And today I'm going to be speaking um, the theme on choosing faith. Choose faith. We're going to read verse 20. It says, whether the land is rich or poor, and whether there are forests there or not, be of good courage and bring some of the fruit of the land. Now the time was the season of the first ripe grapes. Now... We placed um, a theme for this month is harvest. And when we read this passage, it was a time of harvest at that time. God was sending the people of Israel to a new season because harvest represents a new time. Can you say that with me? New time, new season. And I believe that's what God's been speaking to our hearts. He's saying, this is a new time for this church. This is a new season for our lives. How many of you guys believe that? And this is the time to get ready to enter into the time that God has for us. A time of harvest. A time of maybe, you know, for the people of Israel, it meant going out from the wilderness. Say with me, wilderness. Into the promised land. Say with me, promised land. Now, what does the wilderness represent? It represents a time of dryness, maybe a time where you work hard, 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 but you kind of like don't see the results. Um, maybe it can be a time where you're just, you don't feel God or you feel completely desperate. Um, that's the wilderness. But through this word, God is saying it's a new time. And you know, it's interesting because God prepared everything for the people of Israel, but not all of them were able to grasp or get a hold on or enter the land that God had promised to them. 
Why? Because they lack one thing. And what was that? Faith. They didn't have faith. So say with me, faith. And this passage, passage 13 and passage 14, speaks of two types of people. The first one is people of that doubt. Say with me, doubt. And we know that the opposite of faith is what? Unbelief, doubt. But the second type of people were people of faith. Say with me, faith. Um, and Moses was the leader at the time, and he chose 12 spies, right? One from each of the tribe of Israel to go out and to see the land, to have courage, to take of the fruit, and to come back to where the people were and to give a report of what they have seen. Now, out of those 12 people, only two of them chose faith. And who knows who they were? Joshua and Caleb. Only two chose faith. Now, things haven't changed much for us nowadays. Maybe we don't live in the desert, or although we live in a pretty hot city, Miami. Um, but, you know, we have comfort. We have cars. We have AC. So we're not in the same circumstance that the people of Israel were. But we do have something similar that they had. We have a promised land or a land full of promises. And we can find all that land or those blessings right here in the word of God. So God has set before you a promised land and it's right here. If you read the word of God, there's more than 2,000 promises for our lives where God tells you, I want to bless you. I want to make you a blessing. I want to heal you. I want to set you free. Everything you need is in the word of God. Why don't you tell that to the person next to you? Everything you need is in the word of God. And so God sent the people of Israel to a land known as the land of honey and milk. And it's interesting because in Psalms 119, God compares the word of God to honey, that it tastes better than honey. And in Peter, God compares the word of God to milk. So for us, the land of honey and milk represents the land of the word of God. When you accept what God says about you, about your future, about your children, about your marriage, and we, when you accept it and you receive it in your heart and believe the word of God, then you can enter the promised land. Now, I want us this morning to look at those two types of people. I call the first one the doubting generation, which represents those 10 spies that were sent out, but they didn't believe. And the doubting generation can be summarized in different things. We're going to see what they say. Let's go to verse... Twenty-eight. So it's, they came back after spying the land and they said, we went to the land, verse 27, where you sent us. 
It truly flows with milk and honey, and this is its fruit. Verse 28. Nevertheless, the people who dwell in the land are strong. So the first characteristic of the doubting generation is that they were defeated even before fighting. In other words, they already saw themselves as failures. They, didn't, they say, it's impossible. We cannot never conquer that land. It's too hard because they're stronger than who we are. Now, that represents for us a negative faith. There are two types of faith. A faith that comes from God, but there's also a faith that comes from the enemy. That faith that comes from the enemy is when the enemy um, sends you images of your future that are not the truth. So you start visualizing and you start seeing the worst. The worst is going to come and you start believing for the worst. That's a negative faith. And that was one of the characteristics of the doubting generation. They listened to the voice of defeat, not to the voice of faith. Now God is calling us this morning to hear the voice of God, the voice of faith. The second characteristic of the doubting generation is that faith was on themselves, not on their creator. And that's in verse 31. It says, but the man who had gone up with him said, we are not able to go up against the people for they are stronger than we. So they thought that because they didn't have the strength, because they were weak, they couldn't defeat the people. They thought that the success depended on their abilities. Their faith was based on themselves, not on their creator. And faith, the faith of God is the opposite. When we believe God is when we determine to just move and give steps based on what God has told us, not on our emotions, not on our circumstances. And I believe what God wants to do this morning in our hearts, in our lives, is that he wants to teach us what faith is. Faith is not something emotional. It's not that you one day wake up, you know, because our emotions changed. How many of you guys know that our emotions constantly keep changing? Especially pregnant women. How many pregnant women in the house? I'm pregnant and, you know, we have something called hormones and hormones affect our emotions. But God wants us to, to teach us this morning that our faith cannot be based on our emotions or on our abilities or on our opinions. Our faith has to be based on God's word. Amen. Number three, they did not let go. Ver, uh, we're going to go to chapter 14, verse 3. It says, why has the Lord brought us to this land to fall by the sword? That our wives and our children should become victims. Would it not be better for us to return to Egypt? So 
Although God had set them free from slavery, from Egypt, they were still in that same mentality as if they were still living in Egypt. And they couldn't let go of their past. What God is teaching us is that we as the Christian faith is a faith of, it's a life of renouncing. It's a life of denying ourselves. And I believe we have to let go. For example, if you've come recently to church, you have to let go to your old way of living to the world. Many people say, Lord, since I started seeking you, since I started coming to church, I started having all these problems. Wouldn't it better if I go back to the world, if I go back to Egypt? Maybe I wouldn't experience all of this. But the Christian life is a life of letting go. Let go of your past. Let go of what attached you to the things of the world. Amen? Amen. Number four, they did not value their, the leadership. They said in verse four, so they said to one another, let us select a leader and return to Egypt. Imagine Moses when he heard that. You know, Moses had been like the leader of leaders, the best leader who, you know, was able to, to carry their problems, their gossips. You know, he'd been so patient with them and he let them out. He fought for them and all this process and they came to this point and they said, you know what? We need to change leader. Let's just, let's just change a leader and let's go back to Egypt. And that speaks to us that we need to understand that being part of a church is being part of under um, protection, under um, submission to, to God. That's going to bring protection. There's a word in Spanish. I need help with the translation. Um, cobertura. Covering? Being under covering? Coverage? Not sure. But there's like when you're part of a church, and it's important to understand that. Um, when God puts you under a leader, under pastors. For example, our church here, we're under Pastor Caesar and Claudia. It's important to understand that God is looking also for that faithfulness. The way we speak about our leaders, the way we speak about the pastors reflects our hearts. And God wants us to value what God is doing. You know, it's very cool seeing how what started with a small dream in Bogota, Colombia through Pastor Caesar, now it's reaching the nations of the earth. Yesterday there was a, an event in Hawaii um, where there was more than 6,000 people who went to the event, who went to the conference, seeking God. But a year ago, that I went to that church a year ago, and there was only about 1,500 people. They believed God, and they decided to conquer. And you see, that's what God's doing throughout 
our church and throughout this leadership, throughout the vision. And I believe it's important for us to love the vision, to, to guard the vision, and to be faithful. Be faithful to your leader. Be faithful to the cell group God has placed you. And guard your mouth. When you speak about against the pastor, sometimes we don't realize it, but we're speaking against the servant of God. Amen? Amen. Number five. The doubting generation had their ears full of wax. In other words, they couldn't hear. They couldn't hear God's voice. Verse 22. It says, because all these men... Because all these men who have seen my glory and the signs which I did in Egypt and in the wilderness and have put me to test now these ten men and they have not heeded my voice. So this was a generation that they had seen the miracles of God, the glory of God. You know, they saw the, the sea parted into two. They saw bread from heaven. They saw water from the rock. They saw the glory of God. But their ears were full of wax. And you know what that wax is called? Doubt. Even though they heard the promises of God, even though, you know, they saw the leader, this is the time for you guys go out to the next stage. It couldn't enter into their hearts because of their doubt. And they couldn't go to the next level. Number six, their mouths were filled with murmur. Or they had really bad breath. How many of you woke up with good breath this morning? That you went like this, hi honey. <laughs> and your honey's like, ooh, I love that morning breath. But you know, that's how the people of Israel were. They were constantly with bad breath, constantly speaking those, the way their attitudes of their hearts, you know, murmuring and um, complaining and, oh God, you always do this. Oh God, Moses, why? And that became like, God was tired of it. It's like when people speak to you with, with bad breath, it's not pleasing. How many like loves to smell bad breath? You're not like, hmm, that's such a nice aroma. And that was the same with God. God got tired of the way they spoke. God couldn't handle it anymore. And he said, enough. And he said, enough, it's enough. I cannot bear with this generation any longer. And let's look what it says in verse... 23, it says, they certainly shall not see the land of which I swore to their fathers, not shall any of those who rejected me. And another verse says, just as you have spoken in my hearing, so I will do. 
In other words, everything they spoke, that's what they received. Their words became like a prophecy for their lives. And what did they receive? They received 40 days. For each of the 40 days, they were spying the land, 40 years in the wilderness. They were doomed to literally kill time. God said, you know what, you're just going to stay in the wilderness for 40 years until you die, until a new generation arises, a generation that speaks differently, that hears differently, and you're just going to receive according to what you've spoken. What if God would tell you today the same, this morning? What if God will tell you, according to what you've spoken, that's what I'm going to give you? Think about it. What kind of life would you receive? It's so important that we take care of, our, of the way we speak. Amen? So that was the doubting generation. But now we're going to look at the faith-filled generation. And we're going to go back to Numbers 13, verse 30. We're going to look in, into Caleb and Joshua. And it says, Then Caleb quieted the people before Moses and said, Let us go up at once and take possession, for we are well able to overcome it. The first characteristic is that they were overcomers. The faith-filled generation. They knew that they had the victory even before they went out to fight. They had a spirit of conquest. Now, in the past, I've had two dogs. One was called Fuji and one was called Nico. When you would come in the, in the house to greet them, Fuji would just like, kind of like she would always be laying down and she would kind of like stare at you and kind of like just and you're like oh nice to see you dog I'm excited about you too and then the other dog was Nico and he was the opposite every time you you would go in the house he would like look for for an object he would bring it to you he would move his tail and he was so excited to see you I think that's kind of like the conscious we're seeing about the first generation, the doubting generation. They heard God promises and they were like, oh, again, okay. <laughs> you know, they weren't moved. But when Caleb and Joshua heard, they heard from God, this is the time, this is the season, they were excited. They had that spirit of overcomers. And you know, God has made us overcomers through the blood of Jesus. It says that we have overcome already by the blood of the Lamb. It's important in this time for you to study the book, the teachings of our pastor. Because in the blood of Jesus, God has given us the weapon to conquer in every area of our lives. So many of you say amen. Amen. Why don't you give God a big round of applause this morning. Spirit of conquest is a spirit that you're looking forward, that your minds and your life are set on the goal. Paul said, I do not regard myself as having laid hold of it yet, but one thing I do, I 
forget what lies behind me and I reach forward to what lies ahead. So God wants you today to look forward. God is telling you, look ahead. Look at the goal. Look at the promises. Don't look back anymore and believe that you are the overcomer. That you are the chosen one and that this is your time. Amen? Amen. Number two, the faithful generation, they tasted God's perfect will and they never let go of it. They said the land we pass through, spy out, is exceedingly good. In other words, they went out to have a little taste of the promises of God and they said, this is perfect. This is what I've been looking for and I'm not letting go and I'm not letting anyone stop me from getting to the will of God. And that speaks of something, of the will of God, of being in God's perfect will. Um, I don't know if you guys have heard of a man of God called Reinhard Bunke. He's been used by God. He's an evangelist. He's from Germany. But he has had a great ministry in Africa, um, reaching millions and millions of people. And my dad had the opportunity to share with him at a meal. And he asked him, Reinhard Bunke, um, from all the places you've been doing ministry, in different nations in the world, where has been like your, your perfect place, your favorite place to be? And his answer really impacted me. He said, the perfect place for me has been living in God's perfect will. That's the perfect city. That's the perfect will. And that's the perfect place for me to, to be. Why? Because the will of God is perfect, pleasing, and good. Why don't you say that with me? Perfect, pleasing, and good. And that's where God wants to lead you. God wants to lead you in your life to a place where you reach that perfection. When you say, even though we've experienced trials, but this is the perfect place for me to be. It's pleasing. You enjoy waking up every morning. You enjoy what's ahead of you. And it's good. That was what the promise of God was for the people of Israel. The life of faith is an exciting life. And that was Joshua and Caleb. They were excited to live their lives for God. They, were, they couldn't wait any longer. They were like, Lord, I'm ready for it. Send me. This is my time. Number three, their faith was on their creator, not on themselves. That's in, in verse 8 from chapter 13. They said, if the Lord delights in us, he will do it. It wasn't because how weak or how strong they were. They understood that victory depended because of who God was. And it's the same. We, we don't have the power. We cannot do it. We are weak. But we do have something in common. And we have a mighty God who is living, who is real, and who wants to come and deliver you and save you and fight for you and give you the victory. That's the God who we serve. How many of you say amen? Amen. Number four, they let go. <clears throat> Number four, they let go. 
they told the people, you know what, do not fear. Let's just go for it and let's do it. They let go of their fears. And one thing that stops us from moving in the life of faith is fear. What if I failed? I've tried this before and it didn't work. What if, you know, something happens? But the, the, the bottom line of that is fear. We have to let go of our fears. We have to let go of our weaknesses. And we do that through the cross. I had a, a great time yesterday along with my team. I want my team to give a shout of joy. And the boys as well. We, God spoke to me and he said, I want you to pray 12 hours after the conference. And with your team. And you're going to pray one hour based on each of the teachings that you've heard in the conference. And you're really going to allow for God to change you. And yesterday we gathered here at church. Uh, we were here with the girls from 6 in the morning till midday. And then the guys came in at 12 till 6 p.m. And it was a time of letting go. It was a time of giving God our weaknesses. Giving God our doubts. Giving God our failures. It was a time of really going to the cross and allowing God to come and give us his faith, his nature, and that spirit of conquest. And I tell you, it's so important that you, as a, child, as a child of God, every day you have this time of going to the cross. Every day that you can, like, give your life to God and allow him to take your weaknesses, to take your fear. And then you're going to receive God's calling and God's promises. And every burden, every heavy weight that's been on you, you're not going to have it anymore. And you're going to be able to reach what God has for you. Amen. Amen. Number five, they were different. Verse thir uh, chapter 13, 24. But my servant Caleb, because he has a different spirit in him and has followed me fully, I will bring into the land where he went and his descendants shall inherit it. You know, they, along Caleb and Joshua, spoke differently. Say with me, spoke differently. They heard differently and they acted differently. They were different from the rest of the people. They had a different spirit. And what was the spirit? Faith. The spirit that says, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. You know, there's, I was meditating on this this morning and I was like, Lord, I think in our generation, you can kind of count the people with different spirits. But the people that have the different spirits, they are world changers. They can influence the nations of the earth. And I think that's what God is looking. He doesn't look for a multitude of people. But he looks for a few that says, God, you know what? Do as you say. According to your word, do it in my life. I believe in you. And I will give my all to you for your kingdom and to lift your name up. So this is the time to prepare yourself. To set out to be that overcomer. Number six, 
they were good followers. <clears throat> Verse 24 says, because Caleb followed me wholeheartedly. <clears throat> and that's, that was the shortest and most effective gospel message ever preached. When Jesus told his disciples, follow me. Every day we must follow. Caleb heard the voice of God and he followed. Wherever God told him to go, he went because he had that master. They chose fate. They made history. They, the results of the faith was that they took a whole new generation to the promised land. And they saw what God had spoken about them, about their children. They saw it become a reality in their lives. Today, church, youth that are here, I encourage you, us together, to choose faith. To say, Lord, give us a spirit of faith. Faith in the word of God. Let us place you as our number one. We are not going to be moved by the circumstances. We're going to be moved by what you tell us. And if you tell us this is the time of harvest, amen. We'll get prepared. We'll get ready. Amen. Amen. Why don't you stand up, please? today we're going to pray for that spirit of conquest that God wants to bring upon our lives, upon our hearts. Even if you're not a leader, God is telling you this is a time for you. Even though if maybe you've been here only a few weeks, God is saying this is a new time. And the only invitation God makes and the only requirement he makes of us is one thing, belief. Belief in my promises. Belief in who I am believe in me so I'm going to invite you to bow your heads to close your eyes and to really allow the word of God to sing into your heart to speak to you maybe you felt identified with the first generation the doubting generation or maybe you've been a person of faith but whatever it is today I encourage you choose faith so you're going to start praying right there where you are you're going to start saying Lord today change us change us as a church God father as one we ask for forgiveness forgive us God if we've failed you if we failed the way we spoke in God if our ears have been filled with that doubting wax God that we haven't heard your voice God Lord today we pray Open our spiritual ears, God. We silence the voice of the enemy. We silence the voice of doubt, of lies, of, of deceit, God. And we do not accept it in our hearts, God. Lord, we pray that from this meeting you may raise up Joshua's and Caleb's, God. People that choose faith in your word, God that are not going to be ashamed of the gospel, that are going to go out and conquer and go into the promised land, Lord. We want to be those people, Lord. And I'm going to invite the band, and as the band 
comes in place. We're going to have a time of worship where you're going to allow God to stir your heart up, to stir your heart, your faith. Maybe you lost faith in who God was. Maybe you said, I've tried that church thing before and it didn't work. Where God is telling you today, choose faith. Choose the way of faith. Choose the short path that no many go through it. It's hard to get through it, but it leads to eternal life. Oh, Holy Spirit, today we lift up our hands to you. Come on, lift up your hands to heaven. Come on, you're going to start speaking faith in this morning. We're going to create an atmosphere of conquest an atmosphere of change, an atmosphere that we're preparing ourselves, that we believe God, Lord, we believe this is a new time, Lord. This is the time of harvest. The, the fruit is ripe, Lord. The fruit is ready. It's just waiting for us, Lord. Oh God, we are preparing ourselves. Give us that faith this morning, God. Give us that language of faith, God. Give us those ears of faith. Come on, and as you start praying to God, as you start singing to God, you're going to see how the walls break, the walls of doubt, the walls of unbelief, the walls of shame. Oh, la